Hey, hey, this is Takara, and you are listening to A Letter to My Sister podcast. You are in the right place if you are raised to be a strong, independent woman who didn't have to depend on anybody for anything, but then you realize there were some lessons that you didn't quite get as you were going along the way. We often go through life the best way that we know how, and we don't even realize that there's a better way. So in here, there will be some raw and real conversations surrounding life lessons about the things that we wish that we had known, maybe about self, love, money, and even our careers. So if you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and I would love for you to leave a rating and review as well. So now that we've got all that out the way, let's chat, sis. Here we are, here we are, episode number two of A Letter to My Sister podcast. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me for another week. Last week, I asked a question, who am I? And I asked, who are you? So I hope that you came up with your own standing ovation for your spirit, your own Ariki. I hope that you did, all right? It's very important because we need to know who we are before we kind of move up into the next phase. This week, I do want to stay on the topic of self. I told y'all that I was a psychology major, so I do want to throw a little bit of psych on you for this episode. This may be um, a refresher for you, or this might be something completely new for you, but In psychology, you know, they always discuss Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and it's kind of like a pyramid. So at the very bottom is your basic needs, your, you know, food, all those kinds of things. Um, You have safety, relationships, esteem, and then at the very tip top of it is self-actualization. And that's the piece that I want to focus on kind of today is self-actualization. Self-actualization is defined as the complete realization of one's potential and the full development of one's abilities and appreciation for life. Kind of like once we get to this level, we fully know who we are. We know exactly what our purpose is, what we've been put on this earth to do, and all of those wonderful things And usually it's in this phase that you kind of go from, what's the word I want to use? In this phase of self-actualization, you tend to be problem-centered and solution-focused, right? In this sense, like you may be at work and then, you know, sometimes you get a whole circle of people gathering, complaining about work and how this isn't going right and that isn't going right. But now, instead of you adding to it and putting in your complaints, you're now kind of shifting towards, okay, yeah, we know the problem, but what's now the solution? What is it that we can do to work on this to make this a better kind of like working environment for us? The sad part about self-actualization, though, is that it's because it's at the top of the pyramid a lot of people don't make it to that point. But the intent though, is that you will because you have a whole community of women here to support you 
through this platform. Like that's the intent of this entire podcast is that we have an entire community of women to learn from, to glean from, to get their experiences, to get their advice. And, you know, even the guests that will come on, it's so that we can learn some experiences and kind of take some of the information that we get from them and use that as things for us to marinate on as we kind of make some of these life decisions that we continue to make day in and day out. And with that, um, Walt Disney said, all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. So it's like once you know who you are and once you know exactly what your purpose is and if last week you kind of took what I said to heart and you thought about the life that you want, the dreams that you want, the things that you want to accomplish, and what your life will look like once you have actually stepped into that realm of of what you know, your mind, your heart, your body, your spirit, and all that is calling you to do, you owe it to yourself to pursue whatever that thing is because your dream was planted in your heart for a reason. And you owe it to yourself and those around you, those that may be attached to whatever that thing is, or those that may even need whatever it is that you provide, you owe it to them also to go and chase after whatever that dream is. Now, I will say that everyone can't handle your dream. For some people, the dream that you have will just be too far-fetched that they really can't even fathom what it is that you're trying to say, what it is that you're talking about. So the way that I like to think of dreams is kind of like the product adoption curve. And some of you might be familiar with it, where it talks about early adopters, the early and late majority, and then the laggards or the late adopters. And when you have a dream, your dream is completely new to some of these people that you come across. And so just like when a new product hits the market, you have some people that will catch on to it very early. These are your early adopters. They don't have to see any reviews. They don't have to hear anybody else's opinion of the product. Like they are on board just based off of the very first commercial that comes out. So your early adopters for your dream, they are on board the moment that you just give them the vision and tell them what it is that you're thinking about. So I say, share your dream with the people that are the early adopters, the people that can get on board, the people that are so excited that they can already see it in your mind, like in their mind, what you're talking about. Those are your early adopters. Then you have the people that are like the early majority. So they're coming on. They're not coming on as early as the early adopters are, but they're not too far behind the game. Maybe this one, you probably had to say it to them a few times, but now they've seen you do a little bit of the work. They see that you're serious. So like they're on board now. And then you have what they call the late majority. They've seen you do it. They've been watching you for a while. Okay, now we've seen that you've been consistent for a few months. We're following you on social media. We see that you're starting to pick up some traction. You're starting to get some people 
we see that, okay, this dream looks like it's starting to grow some legs. Those are your, those are like your late majority. Then you have the laggards, as they call it, or the super late adopters. These people come on at the tail end of it all. So these are the people who heard your dream, did not necessarily believe your dream, or just absolutely just could not get on board with it. These people coming are coming on board once they see that you are getting their recognition and that you are actually living out your dream and that you are actually doing what you said. These are like the late adopters or so. You know, that's how I understand this whole concept to be. But just know and recognize that everybody can't handle your dream and that's okay. And you have to be able to accept people for, you know, the area, accept people for where they are in in their lot in life. Because the thing is, you don't want your late adopters or your late majority people, you don't want them supporting you too early because they might have you doubting the dream that was given to you. They might have you doubting your own ability. They might have you even doubting if what you think that you can do is correct. Or they might have you doubting yourself to say, who am I to think that I can do this? Which is why I asked you in the last episode, who are you? And I asked you to dream. Because all this is meant to be kind of like a slow buildup of what we want to do at the end of all of this. And so, of course, I titled this to dream and then dream again. So dreaming, meaning the life that you want for yourself. But the second dream is an acronym that I have come up with of how you should go about living your life or how you should go about reclaiming the life that you want. The D stands for drop the mask or drop the cape. Sometimes we are so busy going throughout life or so busy just trying to make it that we don't even stop and ask people for help or we don't stop and tell them how we're actually doing. People will say, okay, well, how are you? You just say, fine, I'm doing good and then keep it going. But you don't tell people, actually, I'm kind of tired today. Or actually, you know, I'm kind of frustrated in, in this area and I don't exactly know what I should be doing. And sometimes we are so strong that we don't even take help when it's offered to us. So let's say, for instance, that you are moving somewhere and someone says, hey, you know, I can help you move this weekend if you need it. And you'll say, oh, no, thank you. I got it. But why would you turn down help when you know that if somebody is there with you, you can get it done too to three times faster than what you could by yourself. Sometimes we make decisions for other people. So we'll say, well, I don't want them to help me because I don't want to put them out of their way or I don't want to inconvenience them. I don't want them to have to spend time with me all day and then they neglect some things that they have to do. But if somebody is is volunteering their time, if somebody is offering to help, Why would you turn away the help and then you make a decision for them to say, oh, well, I know that they have better things to do than to help me. When you know that if they needed your help, that you would be there front and center and you would show up. So D is to drop the mask or drop the cape, admit when you need help and accept the help 
when people offer it to you. Accept the help, sis. Stop turning down free help. And then the R that we talked about last week is re-envision the life that you want for yourself. Re-envision the life that you have always dreamed of. What are those dreams that you just kind of let sit in the back? What are those things that come to your head every night? What are those things in which you said, uh, I'm too late to do that. I'm too old to do that. I'm too young to do that. I don't have enough experience. Look, some of us don't need another degree. Some of us don't need another certificate. Some of us don't need another program. Some of us don't need another coach. Some of us just need to go out and do it. And that's it. That's all we need to do. We don't need to do any more research. We need to just go out and do it and figure it out and then come back and decide if we actually do need more training because sometimes we can train ourselves to death and then never get anything done whatsoever. I know I'm guilty of it. I have researched some stuff. I have gone on YouTube. I have signed up for a a daggone webinar knowing I don't do well in webinars. I just don't. I don't do well in self-paced things. If I don't have any interaction, I'm probably not gonna finish that course. I'm just not because that's not how I learn. I don't learn well in those type of settings. Now, if I can talk to you and we can converse back and forth, then that's more that's more so my speed. But me just clicking through a video, mm-mm-mm. that ain't gonna work. Not for me, not at all. The E, establish boundaries. We allow people sometimes just to come in and out of our life whatever way they choose. So if it's a person that we like or a person we're talking to or a person we're dating or attempting to date, I don't know. But sometimes we just allow people to come in and out whenever they want to. Or if you're single, someone might say, oh, well, she's single. She can come pick me up and take me here and take me there and take me over there. Or, oh, she can watch the kids for me because she doesn't have anything else to do. No, 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 no. People can no longer use you to make last minute plans because they failed to make an effort to plan accordingly. They can't do it. You've started to make your own plans and we cannot allow somebody's lack of planning to all of a sudden become our priority. That's not fair. That's not fair to you. That's not fair for your time, your money. And you know what? Sometimes we may have to establish some boundaries with family. If you know that you and your spouse are setting some goals to maybe save a certain amount of money for the year, then maybe some family members can't keep asking for money. Maybe some family members won't receive gifts this year. Maybe some people have to start sticking to their own budget and they can't use you as their surplus, okay? And the A is allow others to fall or allow others to fail. We can become so wrapped up in trying to keep someone else from falling or keep someone else from failing, that it will drain us. It will stress us out (laughs) because we're trying to save them. But you know, when you're talking to adults, personally, I think you should only be able to tell them one or two times. Once you've told them that, then sometimes life itself needs to be the teacher. And then when they decide to come back, then either you can say, all right, where do we go from here? What did you learn? 
What have you experienced? Some of us just have to learn from experiencing it is what it is. I can be hard-headed in some things. I know that. I absolutely know that. And there are some things that I absolutely had to learn the hard way, but there was no other way for me to learn it because I would not have taken it um, as seriously or maybe I just thought I knew better in my own infinite wisdom, whatever it is. Sometimes you just have to allow people to fail And failing isn't a bad thing either. Failing is what allows you to refine some of your processes. Failing is what allows you to be able to make smarter decisions. Failing is what allows you to be able to guide other people along. Some books would have never been published if people had not failed. Some YouTube channels would not have come along if people had not failed at a particular thing. Some podcasts, hello, hello, some podcasts would not have started if I had not failed at certain things. And I said, I want my little sister to learn this and be able to avoid this. And other women known as my sisters are able to avoid this. If at all possible, failure is not a bad thing. We have to change our frame of thinking around failure. Failure just tells us what doesn't work. But that's good too, because now that we know what doesn't work, that means we now have a better idea of what actually does work. So we can't always try to keep people from failing because sometimes that's just the best teacher that there is, failure. And finally, M is me time or make time for self-care. So what does that look like? It's, it, that's completely up to you, but you have got to make the time. If you know that you feel at your best, once you've had a fresh mani-pedi, you've had a wax, you've had your eyebrows done, you've had your hair done, then do that. And make sure you schedule that and that you don't just, all of a sudden, a year goes by and you haven't done the thing that makes you feel good. Schedule those things. If you have to do it quarterly, just make sure that you schedule it and make sure that you you put it in your budget or you put it in your in your spending plan. Self-care for some people looks like exercising. And some of us need to do that because with these dreams that we have, we need to be healthy enough to carry them out. If we can't go up a flight of stairs, if we have problems walking a block or two, How are we going to be able to stand and talk to people and empower people and motivate people if we are not healthy enough to do so? Or if we are constantly in the hospital because we're not taking care of ourselves, we've got to take care of ourselves first before we can take care of someone else. And maybe self-care looks like therapy. Some of us need to unpack some trauma that we have endured. Some of us need to unpack some limiting beliefs. We need to unpack some negative thinking. We need to unpack some experiences that we've had so that we can get all of that out of our minds and so that we can be fresh. (laughs) We don't have anything weighing us down. We, We feel light. We don't have the weight of the world on our shoulders. And quite simply for some people, me time is just meditation. 
waking up 15 minutes earlier so you can meditate, so that you can pray, so that you can read. And then using that same 15 minutes at the end of the day so that you can wind down. The way that you start is the way that you end. Instead of us planning our day, we allow our day to plan for us. And that's not the way that it should be. That is how we get stressed out. We need to plan our day and we need to tell our day how it's going to go. We wake up and we just let life rule us. We check our emails and say, okay, I'll check my email. And then whatever comes along for work, that's what we'll do. You go to work, you check your email. Next thing you know, you've been on who knows how many phone calls and conference calls. And you've been in meetings that you didn't even need to be at. You had nothing to contribute to the meeting, but somebody invited you. So you went anyway and wasted a whole bunch of precious time that you could have been doing something else. And then by the time the end of the day hits, you've probably only completed one thing on your checklist when you had five. But you've been in all these meetings that you didn't need to be at because you've let the day run you. But when you take the time to wake up even 15 minutes early to say, this is what we are going to do for the day. This is the list. And that we will shift accordingly if something more important comes up and then we'll prioritize that. Now you're running your day. Now you're telling your day how it's going to work. Maybe you only check your email for 30 minutes during the day, midday, and then in the afternoon. Because I know for me, if I leave that email up all day, and as soon as I hear that little indicator thing go off to let me know that I've got an email coming through, I'm all distracted. Whatever I was doing, I'm now trying to figure out who sent me an email and what they want to do now. But turn that thing off. <laughs> Just close the whole app, open it up in the morning to see what emails you missed from the evening prior, and then open it up again in the afternoon to see who sent you emails in the morning. And then before you leave for the day, open the email to see who sent you something in the afternoon and leave it at that. All together, total time, checking emails, maybe an hour hour and a half tops, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, and it's done. Instead of it going off every few minutes saying that you've got an email, you've got an e that can be overwhelming. I had to put my cell phone on silent because it can be overwhelming just hearing the amount of, of emails that I get just on my cell phone. I don't get that many text messages now, but oof. Them emails, oh, oh, those emails come through and that can be distracting. So sometimes we just need to limit those, those distractions. That's, that's all we need to do, limit the distractions. And of course, I do have some books, some book suggestions. One of those is Drop the Ball by Tiffany Dufu. I read this a while ago, but what I remember her saying and what struck out to me the most in this book is that she had all of these titles, all of these roles that she was juggling. So wife, mom, and I'm pretty sure she had a pretty high position at work. And she's trying to juggle all of these things, 
trying to be, again, be the best mom, best wife, trying to come home, cook, pick up laundry, pick up this, do that. And it becomes very stressful and overwhelming. So she decided to drop a ball. And then she told her husband, you know what? I can't do this. I need you to pick up the laundry on this day. And then she got help with cooking and maybe she would have a chef come by or maybe she would have a nanny come by. But the thing is, we have to get to a place where we realize that we cannot do everything. We cannot be everywhere at any given time of the day. And some of these things we have to be able to offload. Some of us have more than enough income to be able to hire a housekeeper to come to your house once a week or every other week to help you clean. Some can use your grocery budget and have someone meal prep for you. And then that way, all you have to do is maybe pop something in the oven or maybe you just have to put it all in a pan or something like that. But we have to use the resources that are available to us so that we can stop stressing ourselves out trying to do everything because it's just not possible. It's not possible. And the other book, I started it, I'm not finished with it, but I like it, is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And she's basically saying that we need to unpack some of what we consider to be societal norms, religious norms, things our parents taught us, and things that we've just kind of picked up And we need to unpack to see what actually works well for us and is true to us and how we want to live life and what isn't. Because sometimes we cage ourselves with the norms and the expectations that society has put on us, but that's really not how we want to live life. And you've got to live your life true to you so that you can go out here and be great. And that is the message for today. Dream and then dream again and then go out here and be great. All right. So be great. Have a fantastic week. Again, thank you so much for listening. You can catch me on Instagram at a letter to my sister podcast. You can come over to the Facebook group and join us over there at A Letter to My Sister podcast. And until next time, bye.